We are in Champions League, man. That was my Dilly din, dilly dong, come on. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Hello, welcome to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. My name is Gary Kernin. Joining me for this one is the world-renowned Dan Abrams. Uh, Dan is, was over in Philadelphia for the convention, so we got chatting after he'd done all his work and he was still up for, for doing a little bit more. I think I spoke about that there in the in my Reflection podcast uh, this week on on the the extent to which Dan is willing to give back his is on a different level so he was up for a chat uh, we arranged for 30 minutes he he went well well over that there so what I've done is I've broken this podcast in two um, we grabbed three other coaches and we kind of did an improv session got a room and, and went in and, and Dan addressed a few issues that we had or are having in the in our coaching experiences so Hopefully there are there are topics here that come up that you can relate to or get some value from. Uh, I will post the next part of this here this week. So a big, big thanks to Dan for his time and energy. For those of you that don't know, Dan has written four books, three soccer ones, Soccer Tough, one and two, Soccer Brain and Golf Tough. Uh, Dan works with England Rugby. He also works with a Premier League team. He has his Dan Abrams Soccer Academy program out um, that works with individuals, small teams, groups, clubs, everything. He is on a different level. So, But if you enjoy it, please tweet about it, send us a message, uh, give Dan some feedback as well. This will kick off the, the series for it. Uh, enjoy and thanks for listening. Go. Dan, thanks for joining us in the convention here. So last day of the convention, we've decided in the bar last night at the Marriott, we said, let's put something together today. And we were stone cold sober as well, Absolutely, there was water on board, <laughs> yes. and it was very clear, laptops were out, and here we are. I was just drinking iced water, <laughs> no vodka in there at all. No, I'm delighted to be here, honoured. This is the podcast I've wanted to be on for the last, all well, for the last couple of weeks. 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the podcast I hear these days. And you've got a great jingle as well at the beginning. Which the I, jingle's I good. You, you, yeah. were, you were impressed with the... Uh, you thought it was Clifton? Was it you that thought it was Clifton talking? Or that was Donna Fischter thought it was Clifton <laughs> doing the intro? No, no, I didn't think that, but um, I, I enjoyed but you it. Were I, I listened to your podcast uh, last week. I was travelling down to Bournemouth to do a day down there um, with AFC. And, um, yeah, this, this big Hollywood-esque voice came booming around my car. I nearly crashed. <laughs> it was great. And then yeah. one extreme to the other, then nearly fell asleep then when I started talking. Well, but then Tom got on, and then he picked it up, and you know, and then it dipped when you <laughs> got back on. <laughs> so, what we've done is we've got five coaches here, well, four coaches and Dan, uh, including myself. So, we've got, we'll do a little intro. Kat, tell us what you're at, what you're doing. Two sentences. Two sentences, okay. That's fun. Um, I'm Kat. I'm from Vestavia Hills, Alabama, coaching club. Been there for three years at Vestavia, but 13 years in the club scene in Alabama. Okay. 
Uh, I'm Paul Templeton, uh, originally from Scotland. Uh, been in the States 10 years. I coach Division Two uh, College at Southern Connecticut State University. Kept your accent there, Paul. Yes, you'll probably have my mates back home saying, like, why is he talking like that? Eyes <laughs> 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 on the radio. <laughs> you might have to do so. You Did can't you do subtitles <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, Clifton Bush, uh, you have to forgive my voice here. I've lost it over the weekend, but uh, I worked for last four years for Gary uh, at Cal State Bakersfield, and that's kind of where we've come from to this point here. Clifton and I... Um, stopped working together in official capacity last week, so he is—he uh, has not signed a disclosure form. He can say whatever in this whole <laughs> psychology element here uh, and hammer me. So I'll just kick it off. So what I wanted to do was kind of pick a theme and see how it went. So let's go with vulnerability at the start. Let's all pick something that. What's your What's your lowest moment as a coach? And then I want to get Dan's input on that. There, we'll go from there. All right, and I'll start it. My lowest point as a coach was whenever we were losing, I won't say what team this is, we were losing at halftime 2-1. We've gone into the locker room. I've realized that we need a little bit of an emotional lift, uh, get a few things right. We're not really at it, but if we can fix this, it's a team we should beat, etc., etc. I've come into the game, um, or come into the locker room, said my piece, and I'm just built with blank looks. And I realised at that point that I didn't have the team on board whatsoever. So it didn't matter what I say or the way I said it, they weren't really interested in doing it. And I just felt that my impact was zero. Uh, and that hit me really, really hard. Much, much harder than the actual defeat itself. And it took me a long time to get over it. Speak away. Um, so mine, kind of team, kind of coach to coach, I took over a team. Um, and going into State Cup, like, no coaches are normally ever on my bench because we traveled so much. And their former coach had come and sat on the bench with us, and we ended up losing the semifinal game. Well, we go into the consolation game, and our girls were like, we don't want him on our bench. You have to tell him to go away. And so me, like, trying to be, like, protective, like Mother Hen was like, oh, my team doesn't want you here. You're going to mess up, like, their psyche. You've got to go. You're not allowed on our bench. And, like, the moment I said those words – it instantly like I was like oh no I shouldn't have said that because you're my boss and I'm about to get in a lot of trouble and I didn't mean it like I don't like you or respect you but I was trying to protect my team and it was a pretty low point conversation after that moment mm. yeah I think you have to have a, a lower and experience that has to change you because if you're not challenged you're, you're, you're not really changed and, and becoming better so for me it's a couple of moments I failed uh, I think it was my, my D licence and um, just self-reflecting at home, I was like, why have I failed this? And, and going back and reflecting, it really improved me as a coach. Um, I think when the area I work in in Connecticut is, is quite affluent, and uh, the club that I work for, uh, immediately the parents and the, and, and the team, they wanted instant, instant success. And in the youth development side of things, it, it doesn't come instantly. You, you can't really have development and results at the same time, so I think losing games and there's a bit of self-discovery in there and uh, the lowest point is you're, you're coaching against a coach that just barking instructions and uh, micromanaging everything and you're losing to that but I think over the long term is it a low moment at the time yeah but I think uh, you try and dedicate yourself to the right path and hopefully over the long term it's going to come uh, good for you so 
Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with Paul. I think uh, <clears throat> for me, one of the points that I would say was a bouncing off point was uh, prepared a team uh, at a junior college level. Uh, thought we prepared for a specific opponent over a long period, of, like the entire preseason for one game. Uh, at three nil down, my captain center back ran towards the sideline and asked, "What? What are we supposed to do?" And at that moment, you can either blame the players for not listening or not understanding what you were talking about, but it took a little bit of time to go, yeah, if she believes that she wasn't prepared, then that's on me. And so from that point, a level of attention to detail and a level of preparation to ensure that contingencies are there. So we plan for everything to go right, and when it doesn't, did I have a contingency for them? And I didn't, and I left them without kind of a safety net. So uh, for me, that was a, a pretty good jumping point to kind of go, yeah, we need backup plans for backup plans in this in this uh, industry. Dan, what are you thinking here, those four <laughs> things? You're thinking, bloody hell, what, what do I do with that? I'm thinking my new low point is I didn't bring a pen and piece of paper into this room <laughs> and uh, be able to take some notes. Um, um, I tell you what, I've written down, I got my phone out there for everybody listening and uh, I think everybody thought I started, switched off and started to text or something like that. But I know I was, I was writing some, just some words and I actually just wrote down four words, one word per person. So uh, Gary, starting with you, uh, I wrote down awareness. And I think that, um, you, you know, you're always trying to uncover some positives in any challenging situation. As, as, as Paul was sort of alluding to, the importance of failure and, and, and getting through failure and being resilient through failure and learning through failure. I mean, the notion of learning through failure is almost cliche now, isn't it? Um, but cliche because it's so important. Oh, wow, that's nice. Um, <laughs> And uh, I th I th for me, Gary, when I, I, I listen to you without, you know, throwing loads and loads of things at you, questions regarding, well, you know, you know what happened prior to that and sort of questioning your, your you know, the way you prepared the, the, the team and, and going to process and were you too outcome oriented and all that kind of stuff, which we can talk about. I wrote down awareness. I wrote down awareness because... Um, you know, you were aware at that time. Do you know how many coaches wouldn't be aware of uh, that that low point? They would look around. It, it, it's that sort of subjective thing of seeing as compared to the objective of looking. You can look at your players, but you don't always see, or coaches don't always see... Um, or have an accurate portrayal of what their players are thinking or how they're feeling. And it strikes me that in that moment, if I was to take from the information you gave us, it sounded like you were aware. Wow, okay, whether it's I hadn't, I, I've, I've, in, in your words, I've lost these players. I haven't got them on board. Um, so, uh, and that's powerful because for me, change, the first step in any change whether it's individual change or group change, requires some kind of awareness of, of where, where I am or where we are now. So be able to look at your team. And it's scary at the beginning, isn't it? It's like, well, okay, I haven't got these players on board. But I dare say when the emotion dissipates and you take some time to think about it, then you can reach some answers. 
But if you're not aware, I mean, that's how coaches lose their job in the Premier League back in England, is they're blissfully unaware of what they haven't done. Or they're blissfully unaware of what their team thinks and feels about them. You know, as I call great coaches to me are psychosocial coaches, and that's what I spoke about in my facilitation yesterday. Um, so, Gary, you were aware. And, and, and that's... that's, that's, that's uh, uh, I say that with a bit of fun, but I, I, I honestly, mate, that that's it's scary place to be, but it's fantastic. And, and uh, Kat, you know, I, I, the the word I wrote down was bravery. You know, to um, I don't know for to challenge uh, for up, challenge upwards or uh, challenge may or may not be the right word. Communicate upwards in terms of where you feel the team are and what you think they're thinking and with relevance to um, somebody who's your superior, I think is what I heard. Would that be a fair Mm -hmm. thing to say? And that's scary and it sounded like that had uh, culminated in some some problems. Mm -hmm. But I, yesterday in my facilitation, was talking about values Mm -hmm. and uh, bravery being a value uh, I'm involved with one of the leading sports teams in the world right now in England rugby and I, I, I can't on record say what the values are I, 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 I'm not allowed to but you know you bravery wouldn't be a million miles away I think coaches need values I think coaches need objectives what drive those objectives are your behaviors what drive drives your behaviors are your beliefs um, about coaching and your values and you have to be true to your values and okay maybe those values need to be uh, the behaviors need to be flexible right. but if you felt that strongly about that particular circumstance you acted on that value and I think where you might feel that you lost out in the short term if you did lose out I think you'll win in the mid to long term um, Paul, I heard honesty, honesty and awareness as well, but honesty about yourself and and you know I, I think I'm trying to remember what we all said here, but you 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 said you failed um, your your D license, yes, and you had to go back and you had to be you know I think whenever we uh, f- whether it's fail at something or we don't achieve something. Uh, and and we all have to fight this, and myself included, and everybody does. Is that the first thing you want to do? Often your brain goes towards, well, that's unfair, and why did this happen? We go towards blaming somebody else. But the best thing we can do in those situations is to um, is be honest and say, okay, what did I not do? Where was I not good enough? You know, what have I got to improve going forward? And that's how you learn through failure. Um, because as I come back to this idea of, well, failure and it's learning from failure and it's become cliche. And actually, let, let's put the microscope of, on learning through failure. Is the way to learn through failure is, you know, you've got to ask yourself pertinent questions. You've got to ask yourself hard questions. You've got to ask yourself, okay, um, what didn't I do good enough? What did they want to see? What can I improve upon? So I think that's really important. And one thing I said yesterday before my presentation in the morning was that, um, you know, I'm going through a particular period in my um, um, psychological coaching. I'm still a coach, but I'm a a sports psychologist, so I'm a a coach of psychology. Um, I'm going through a period, and and I want it to carry on, a period of real uncertainty. 
And I tweeted this the other day, and I said it before my presentation yesterday. I said, for me, the best coaches in the world are uncertain. Deep down, they're uncertain, you know. Uh, and they, I, I think as a coach, you have to put on a mask of certainty. I think you've got to. You know, you can't stand there and be uncertain with your players. I understand that. I get that. And that's... That, that's the reality. But behind that mask, there's enormous uncertainty. And there's enormous uncertainty because the best coaches are constantly questioning themselves. You know, not so much with their values, but certainly with, to a degree, with their coaching beliefs. But they stay, you know, certainly uh, less fixed than, than values. Values are fixed. Coaching beliefs are slightly more uh, flexible. But the behaviours, your behaviours as, as a coach, you've got to constantly question your behaviours to reach a certain objective. So um, I think the best coaches in any sport are the ones who coach with certainty, but behind that mask, they take that mask off and they're, they're reading the books, they're coming to seminars and conferences, then they're speaking with people and asking people and trying to constantly find think about the counter argument to what they believe the counter argument to what they believe and assess it and over time maybe that changes their beliefs or maybe they stick with what they do uh, and I think that's really important so I think you know being honest all the time with, with, with yourself and that leading you down this path of constant critical thinking and Clifford I'm remembering this quite well now. Let's see if I can. <laughs> I, I, and you mentioned the word here, and I don't think it's so much a value, Clifford, but it, it, it was... Clifton. And Clif <laughs> Clifton as well. Clifton as well. I, I do apologise for Clifton. Um, Clifton and Clifford over there. <laughs> Clifton, um, uh, you mentioned the word, so it's not going to be uh, profound, and I'm going to reflect back what you already know, but detail. You know, you talked about um, uh, detail. I, I suppose another word here that's coming to now. I, now I'm coming back to what you were talking about. You know, you were talking about the detail of preparing players. Uh, that player ran over to you, yes, and uh, I can't remember what you said that she said, but it was something along the lines of, "Have you got any ideas now?" Yeah. But that, yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's interesting, and I, and I think this is an interesting topic of, of conversation because then, uh, then the word I would say, uh, uh, more akin with the value, is empowerment. Empowerment. And maybe the learning there and the question mark, actually, let, let me go back on what I'm saying. Maybe it's not detail. Maybe it's empowerment. And maybe the empowerment is when you've got players asking you, what do I do now? What do we do now? We're 3-0 down. What do we do now? Then maybe the question is, you know, and we're here, we're being, we've got an open and honest forum, so, you know, we can all get better at what we do, and there's different styles of coaching. And this comes back to, I'm doing my finest Billy Connolly dotting all over the place. Have you guys heard of, you've heard of Billy Connolly, dots all over the place. So I'm going to dot all over the place for a bit, but we'll come back to the, the main thing here. Is, let's define coaching. Because I think people are really bad at defining coaching, in my humble opinion, okay? Uh, and and I, I think people too often define coaching as, I have this knowledge and I'm going to give you, as an individual and as a collective, this knowledge. 
here's this knowledge in my brain and coaching is giving you this knowledge. I bestow on you this knowledge. And to me, my, in my opinion, that's not coaching. To me, in coaching is empowering others to become aware of what they do now um, and empowering them to get where they feel that they can go and co-creating that vision of where they think that where it's possible for them to go as a coach absolutely you can turn up that dial of ambition and you can help them become more of a no limit soccer player but it's empowering them to be aware of what they're doing now and empowering them to take the steps the steps that they think they need to take to get to the next level and the level up that and after that and after that helping them profile the next level and helping them get to where they want to go and helping them come up with their solutions helping them come up with their solutions so i think sometimes when the team is coming over and say what do we do now maybe it's not so much and uh, I, Yes, you could go down two paths here. You could say this is, well, I didn't get the detail right. And that's fine. And, and if that's the kind of coach you want to be, well, I want to be the detail. I didn't, I didn't coach enough. I didn't tell them enough. But maybe there's an element of, did I, did I empower them to come up with solutions during the weeks leading up to this, whereby if we go a goal down, if we go a goal down, or two goals down, three goals down, what are you going to do? What are you guys or girls going to do? What's our plan here? I'm not going to tell you what you should do. I want you to come up with solutions. I want you to come up with the behaviours that you're going to execute on the pitch. I want you to come up with the behaviours that you're going to execute if we go a goal, a two, two goals, three goals down. And in that way, when you empower them to do those things, it's in, uh, they become accountable for those things. So, for instance, if you can get out of them, if you've got the players sitting around a table and you say, hey, look, in two weeks' time when we play this big game, or in a week's time when we play this big game, and if we do, the ifs, the what ifs, if we do go a goal down or two goals down, what are we going to do? What's, what one thing must we do or two things must we do? And maybe they brainstorm and they come up, come up with, well, we're going to keep great body language and we're going to keep positive vocals no matter what. And then that helps you, that gives you a blueprint as a coach that comes from them not from your brain but from their brain that then you can reinforce monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday so that come saturday you've helped them reinforce their solution and then you can reinforce it pre-game and you can reinforce it in the best way possible during the game or at half time so in that way they've come up and then you have permission, you have permission to hold them accountable now. To hold them accountable, that's the most powerful and I don't care what level it is and to a degree what age range it is, obviously with younger players it's a different landscape, very young players. But even in the Premier League, the most powerful and it doesn't happen enough in the Premier League it doesn't happen enough in the Premier League. It's still too top down. And that's where managers lose their job because they're not empowering players to come up with their solutions and hold them accountable. 
um, it should happen more there. And if it did, more managers would keep their jobs. They'd be more successful. More coaches would be successful. So I think the word there is more empowerment. But equally, there's no hard and fast rules in coaching. If you feel it's detail, then be that detail coach. But maybe it's detail in the empowerment. So we're going to put the two together. Boom. Bang. Good start. Great start. Did well there. Have we only just Apart started? So that's part one of the podcast. I will publish part two in the next 48 hours. The reason that I went in with that angle was that a lot of coaches, if you ask every coach what their problems are or what they're struggling with and in a con- convention environment, you know, you spend a lot of time running into people and asking them how things are going or what's happening. And I find that 95% of the conversations are psychologically driven towards say their culture leadership things that they're struggling with no one really tells you that hey i'm struggling to coach center forward movement or well we i mean we're our counter attacking isn't very very good at the minute and we're struggling with that there the majority of conversations informal conversations around the convention involve through the psychological element so uh, myself included that I've I've done a little bit of self-analysis and reflection on it as well so in asking kind of getting a little bit of awareness from ourselves and seeing what Dan's take is on it I see a lot of value in that there so again what stood out for me I think I said it in the podcast yesterday on the reflection exercise was Dan's level of detail um, as soon as we started talking he reached for his notepad and started taking down names and what we were struggling with and it it went from there and and that level of detail then allowed him to you know advise and and kind of compare different aspects and and it's something that I learned from so hopefully you you got a bit from that like I said I'll post the next one in the next 48 hours he he goes into real depth which is why I wanted to break this into I didn't want to throw everything at everyone um, for, for one podcast. So appreciate you listening. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, as always, really, really, really appreciate people shooting a tweet out or, or emailing or little messages just to get the word of the podcast out. So if you enjoyed it and took something from it, please um, shoot a tweet, MSC Education or Gary Kernin or you know tag Dan on it as well, Dan Abrams. Um, he would love to hear from you. Um, look forward to following up with you in a couple of days. Thanks for listening. Thanks, folks. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. For more coaching topics, sessions, and resources, head on over to Coach Kernine on Facebook or visit the website at www.modernsoccercoach.com.